Newcastle. It's not just a brand of beer, you know. It's also a city in northern United Kingdom, located in the county of Tyne and Ware, about 190 kilometers from Edinburgh, Scotland. It's an ancient site. The first recorded settlement in the area was Hadrian's Bridge, a Roman fort right on the Tyne River. And for those of you who've been to Newcastle, you might have visited Hadrian's Wall. Fast forward to the Middle Ages and Newcastle was the northernmost fortress in England. And even if you've never been to Newcastle, you might recognize images of its Gateshead Millennium Bridge. Maybe you cheer for Newcastle United. And if that's true, then there's no doubt you're most familiar with St. James's Park, the team's home pitch. But probably the most familiar thing about Newcastle, other than its brown ale, is the Newcastle Castle. The structure's post-Roman history dates back to around 1880, when William the Conqueror's son, Robert Curthose, built a wooden Mountain Bailey structure where the original Roman fort once stood. A stone keep was built between 1172 and 1177 by Henry II, and Henry III added the Black Gate sometime between 1247 and 1250. Today it's a tourist destination, that castle, and a scheduled ancient monument quietly guarding the northern UK city's 303,000 residents. Join me as we visit a Canadian who fell in love with the UK on a trip to 2013 and finally made the move officially in 2018 to Newcastle upon Tyne on Canadians Away. Welcome to Canadians Away. I'm your host, Adam Rosenhart, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Carolyn Dixon lived in Canada almost all her life, and she knew, even with trips abroad and such, that she wanted something more. I've always wanted to live abroad. Like, since forever, I've always wanted to live in another country because I thought, you know what, there's so many places on this planet, I don't want to just live in one place for my whole life. And so... You always think like when you're younger, like 18 to mid 20s, that's when you go out and live abroad. Uh, but we decided to make it as tough as possible and wait until we're older. Um, we officially went to, sorry, we went to the UK for the first time in 2013. We did a six month tour of Europe actually. And we hit up the UK for a month, I think a full month um and ireland and we fell in love immediately it's funny because before we went i was like yeah we can go to england i don't really care that much it's if we miss it i don't care but my husband is a huge fan of all things england and he's a big uh soccer fan so he said no we're going to england it's happening and so i was like yeah okay whatever and then the month that we spent here, I was like, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave this place. This place is amazing. Everyone is so awesome. And so that was in 2013. Uh, we came home from our trip and I thought, you know what? Let's just move. Let's move there. We both love it. Let's do it. And then it didn't happen until 2018 because, you know, life gets in the way. Things happen. We bought a condo in Edmonton and it was off that we was, it wasn't going to happen. We're like, yeah, we'll do it sometime. We'll do it sometime. Then you get to your thirties and you're like, well, 
whatever it's, it's okay we'll just keep go visiting and okay. then it just kind of happened that's great wow mm -hmm. so was it easy with work like did you kind of put your hand up and say if you guys wanted to ship me off somewhere you can do it or did you and your husband decide we we actually definitely want to move there and then found a way for your job or his to accommodate that we decided that well i i tried I decided that I would try to keep my job because it is a global company and I really like my job and I like my company. And I was like, I don't want to leave my company because I, <laughs> I really enjoy working for them. And that's a hard thing for a lot of people to say. And so it was like, do we either want to move abroad or do I want to stay with the company? I thought, you know what, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Let's just try to go. And so I told my boss about it and she said, we can make this work because we have offices in the UK. And I was like, okay, didn't see that coming. So, <laughs> um, husband had to leave his job, which he also liked, but he, I mean, if I could get shipped over and keep our job, that is without, without Stantec, I would not have been able to move abroad. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, it was, it was really nice that they were able to work it out for me. It was, super handy <laughs> that's yeah that's amazing um and i think maybe an opportunity that that not not many people actually have they that's just not an option totally. yeah so, so it's nice that a company cares enough about someone to they're like okay yeah you're worth keeping around so let's ship you <laughs> yeah totally now you guys are really excited about the united kingdom uh because of soccer and and other reasons mm -hmm. but what, was it actually was it hard to leave canada for you no, <laughs> no. Um, I I love Canada. Edmonton, um, especially in the past couple of years, has turned out to be a really cool city to live in. There's lots of there's lots of stuff to do. I really like Edmonton. Um, we lived in a condo just off White Ave, so it was we were right in the hustle and bustle, and we really liked our lives. Um, moving abroad initially like you you have so much excitement there's a there's a last minute panic of why am i doing this like what okay. is so wrong with my life back home that i have to run away from it but it was never about running away from it it was about trying something different and so i never really thought i'm going to miss canada so much i'm going to miss everyone so much sorry friends if you're listening <laughs> uh, and so it's it, it was never scary to me i think it was harder for my husband he's been part of a soccer team back in edmonton for years and he had his own his, his like a second family and he really enjoyed that so it was harder for him definitely but i i was just so excited to go our first month here however i was like oh my god this place is a freaking nightmare <laughs> <laughs> it was so hard to settle in but no now now we're all good <laughs> what were some of those uh settling in challenges was it just like different the ways that people live that are different or what was it no it wasn't even the way of life it was trying to set up a bank account and get a um agreement on a flat uh trying to get your cell phone to work like every you are starting from square one like back when you're 13 and you're like oh i'm gonna get a bank account i i had a 13 year old bank account here for the longest time because they're like well you're a foreigner you we don't know what you're gonna do like no you can have the bare minimum but it was it was very hard to get all of those all together at once, um, especially. God, I don't even know which one was the hardest part. Probably the bank account for sure. Yeah. 
and then trying to find a flat here because it is different from back home you have to pay or you used to have to pay agency fees to rent just to rent you have to pay council tax just to rent you have to pay all these extra fees that we didn't really know about before coming over here that we're like oh probably should have researched that a little bit more um but no the first month was tough. It was brutal. It was a, that was the only culture shock where it was like, Oh, I am. No one's trusting me with any of their stuff because I am, I'm not from there. I, I don't have any, anything. The only saving grace was that I had a job. <laughs> yeah. I at least could prove that I am working. I have income. It's so much easier to move abroad when you have a job. I guess in situations like that, like no one can really, you can't go to the bank and have a citizen vouch for you. They don't care. No, no it was like because back home in well in, in canada you can get a credit card pretty simply you just have to sign up for one and so i asked here when i got my bank account i was like oh, okay so can i also get a credit card and they just looked at me like no <laughs> i was like oh why not and they're like you don't have any credit here <laughs> it's like oh i i i guess i don't they're like, we can't credit check you you have nothing here wow. plus it's also yeah so you i just have a bank card i do i don't we don't have credit cards here but it's like, pretty, it's not necessarily normal to have a credit card here. I guess everyone just uses their bank account or their debit card. Sorry. Right. So they have things like visa debit on your, on your debit yeah. card. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I, I always would have assumed that, you know, you could, that they could do a credit check on what your activity back home, but I guess it's just not that simple. No, I guess not. I, I thought that too, but they're like, but you have no credit here. You just moved here. Why would we give you a credit card that where you can spend all this money and then just not pay for it yeah technically and i was like okay fair enough so that sounds that, good that first month was complicated not only because of the bank account and the fees you had to pay on your flat but was it was it actually tough to find a place to live um <sighs> the our first day of house hunting was painful we had three appointments set up um, I think we had two no-shows and the one place we did see it was flooded. So, oh. <laughs> like, I mean, that could happen back in Edmonton for sure, but it usually just doesn't. I don't know. It was so much easier looking for flats back or apartments back home, looking for our condo back home. It was very simple because you dealt with the people who were actually living at the place at the time when you have agents helping you move in and they have appointment after appointment well they're late to it they don't show up they reschedule blah 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 um yeah and there's also a lot of shocking shockingly bad flats here we've seen we've seen some interesting ones but again that's everywhere yeah so but once you actually pick a flat it's not that difficult to get it oh that's good yeah that's good, good. And the moving in process is probably just as straightforward there as it is here i would assume Pretty much, yeah. And and the nice thing is, because we only came to the UK with two backpacks each, everywhere here is pretty much furnished. Like everywhere, oh. there's so many furnished flats, whereas back home, there's hardly any. Yeah. Like everything is, you bring your own furniture, but everything here, like we haven't bought anything big at all. Our biggest purchase was probably the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Now, at the beginning of the conversation, you mentioned that when you first came to visit in 2013, that you really fell in love with the place and the people. Tell me a little bit what the folks that you guys have encountered uh, where you live, what they're like compared to folks back in Canada. 
everyone is so nice and friendly and chatty. Not that Canadians aren't like for sure. Canadians are super nice, but everyone here is just above and beyond nice. They invented apologizing. They invented being nice. <laughs> like everything is everyone's so friendly and, and it's so easy to just strike up a conversation with someone here. Um, I've never felt any animosity back in, in Canada at all with people, but here everyone, everyone's just so, it's funny. I say happy, but they also complain a lot about the weather, <laughs> <laughs> a lot about the weather, but no, I, I don't know. Everyone's just super friendly here. Do you think that uh, the town that you're living in is maybe the origin of the Canadian spirit? Cause we're friendly and apologetic all the time. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's, it's the North of England and the North of England has a reputation of being the nicer part of England, uh, oh. and, like the nicer people. Apparently the people down South are, are not as nice. I, I've never had that problem. I have friends that live in London and they're super nice, <laughs> but no, um, I think I think Northern England and Northern Canada, or not Northern, but Canada, have a lot in common. Definitely. Now, tell me a little bit about, about this weather that people are complaining about. Mm -hmm. I assume Northern England means cold, rainy, kind of like maybe I don't know Southern Alberta during fall, spring. See, the thing is, I was expecting more rain. For how much people talk about how much rain, how rainy it is in England and and the rest of the UK, they say it, it rains nonstop. It's gloomy all the time. We will miss Alberta blue weather. We'll miss we'll miss the sky. We'll miss everything. And it, I was expecting way worse. Um, it does rain, but I mean nothing more. It's not like I'm saying, oh my god, it rains so much more than Edmonton. I can't stand it. It's it's pretty sporadic. It, it won't rain for an entire day. It, it's, it's hit and miss. And then the sun will come out and then it'll go away and then it'll rain. It'll be a bunch of seasons all in one day, but I don't really mind that. I guess it's better than being gloomy and rainy for like a week straight. That, that would be hard. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it seems like the British love to complain about the weather unless it's between 13 and 16 Celsius <laughs> and that's it. And they will, they will actually say that too. They's like, yeah, we just complain about the weather all the time. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too sunny. It's too rainy. They're never happy. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, at least they're, at least they're friendly about it. Exactly. Exactly. Now, what are the winters like there? It's is it it's probably not at all like how cold it can get here in Edmonton. It's it's not. Um, we were I was just saying last week was the first there was one day where I was like, oh, this feels like Edmonton cold in the winter. I it was freezing outside. And that was the first time I was like, oh, this is proper cold. Um, other than that, it's been it's been cold, but like like fall and spring in Edmonton cold. It's yeah. never, it's never minus 40 wind chill snow on the ground up to your face cold. It, and they don't really understand people here. It's so funny. Cause they're like, I, you know, I'd, I'd kind of like to witness, I'd like to experience minus 40. I was like, no, you, no, no, you don't. Like you don't though. Oh, I just kind of, no, you don't. You're crazy. You, you cry at this weather. You're not going to be able to survive that. Weather. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm finding the winters here are starting to get, you know how we used to always talk about how well it's a dry cold? Yeah. 
it's not a dry cold anymore. It's turning wet, hey? Yeah, it's starting to feel like uh, winters in like southern Ontario. Oh, yeah. So, no, no one in the United Kingdom no. or here wants to experience that. No, no, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, there was one day when we were walking through the park in Liverpool and it was in the winter and people were wearing toques, gloves, their big poofy jackets, boots up to their knees, bundled up in scarves. And Graham, my husband and I were walking around in like light spring jackets with our ankles showing and not wearing anything else. And I look at him, I'm like, why are people bundled up so much? And he's like, I think they think it's cold. <laughs> so it's just Newcastle's a lot colder than Liverpool that I've noticed though. Cause it's, it's three hours North, but yeah, it's not comparable. <laughs> and they're just maybe not as hardy of people as, uh, as you and your husband. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now you said you didn't really experience any kind of culture shock outside of like you know, the trying to set up a bank account and, and hunt for a place, but there must be some pretty stark differences between your life back in Canada and your life here in the United Kingdom. What are the stark differences? Um, or, or maybe they're not stark differences. The It's funny because when you think of an English accent, you think of any accent you hear on TV where it's it's not that hard to follow, it's very simple. Um, going to Liverpool, they have one of the hardest accents in the country. It's Scouse accent. And for the solid first three months, anytime I talked to a Scouser, I could not understand a word they said. So it was like living in another country that way <laughs> where I couldn't understand anyone. I've grown to absolutely appreciate and love the Scouse accent. And then moving up to Newcastle, it's the second hardest accent to learn in the country. <laughs> wow. But um, I think Liverpool really softened the blow for the Geordie accent, which is here in Newcastle, and it's not it's not that bad. That's really the only stark difference, or like any kind of hardcore difference. Um, what else? We don't drive, so we're not affected by the gas prices, which are absolutely insane here. Do you know what they are um, right now? No, I, I, I don't even know the last time I was near a gas station, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I know they're ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Insurance on cars are absolutely astronom astronomical here. I don't know how young people or anyone affords a car here. So no, there's nothing that's really not off the top of my head that I can think of that's been like, whoa, what the yeah. heck? Ooh, there's no craft dinner, which is... Like I miss craft dinner so much. <laughs> I finally found proper peanut butter. But <laughs> oh yeah, because they they don't have like sweetened peanut butter there. It's just it's literally ground up peanuts. Yeah, it's like it's like proper peanut butter. It's it's legit peanuts ground up. And I was like, no, I want the added preservatives. I want I want the craft crap that <laughs> I'm used to. Finally, I found some, but it's a lot more expensive. But I'm willing to pay for it. What about uh, your own accent? I mean, we don't exactly speak the Queen's English here in Canada. So mm -hmm. when you're talking to folks, do they either, I mean, when you first met them, were they kind of like, where are you from? Or could they understand you? They can always understand me. They always ask, where are you from? Or where in America are you from? It's never <laughs> Canada, never Canada. And then I say, oh, I'm actually from Canada. And they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. They're very apologetic about it. Um, my husband has often got Irish though, 
which oh. is super weird because he sounds Canadian. Like our accents haven't changed at all, as you can tell. Um, but no, everyone knows immediately. They're like, oh, so where are you from? They know that we're definitely not from here. Yeah. And now at the time that we're recording this, I mean, this is this is being released probably in, in January of 2020. But you're on the eve of an election there. Yeah. Yeah. Voting is today. Yeah. Actually, so yeah. what's the what's the attitude been around it, with the, the folks that you in, interact with around Brexit? Um, everyone is against Brexit that I've talked to. Everyone depend. It doesn't matter on age or gender or anything. Everyone is against Brexit. Uh, I've only want, met one Brexiteer who was very much against me being in the country. Oh, wow. um, yeah, that's how bad it is. But like, other than that, everyone is against it. And however, I will watch the news often and it's always Brexit. Everything is Brexit. So you'd think I'd be really up to up, up in the knowledge of it, but I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and if you ask anyone else here, they say they have no idea what's going on. Like Brexit is such a, it's a, it's horrific here. It's, no one knows what's going on. So it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. So and I imagine there. people just want to get on with their lives and not have to think about this stupid thing anymore. Even Brexiteers are like, okay, I'm over this. Let's just, every remainers and leavers are both on the same side of let's get over this. Like I'm done. Everyone's yeah. so tired of it. So. Yeah, that's fair. I get that. Mm -hmm. um, if you, uh, if you've encountered other Canadians or folks from other countries who are thinking, maybe I want to, you know, live outside of where I live. What sort of advice would you give those people? I would say do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I hate the the slogan or saying or whatever, but you do only live once. You might as well, if you want to do something like this, just jump into it and do it. Do your research. I mean, there's a lot of research to do. Make sure you can do it. Don't bankrupt yourself and go mental over it. But it's, uh, if you're young, especially, go move abroad. You can always move back home. That's the thing. We have a five-year working visa that we can stay here for this long. We're on a year and a bit now. And like we can choose to go home anytime we want. We don't have to stay for the full five years. We can stay longer if we want. I, I you just gotta make you just gotta know that you wanna do it. But the yeah. thing is that a lot of people don't realize when they move abroad, like a lot of people back home will be saying, oh, you must be doing so many cool things. You must be traveling all the time. And it's not like that. You're just living somewhere else. You're doing the same stuff as you do back home somewhere else. I still have to pay the bills, go grocery shopping. I still work every day. I watch Netflix and chill all night. I still do the same things as I do back home. You're just doing it in a different country. You just have more you just get to say that you've done it. You've lived in another country. You've made friends in another country. You've worked there. You've gotten so many new experiences. You get to, you do get to travel more because it's, it's amazing traveling here. It's so much cheaper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you just, you just gotta, you, you just can't be scared to do it. Yeah. And that's what, a, that's what a lot of people are. They're like, Oh, what, what if, what if, well, what if you don't do it and you regret that? That's interesting because we you know don't often talk about that with other folks about how the if if you fail at doing this that just means you go back home. 
Yeah, it's not failing. Yeah. I, I mean, you, yes, you tried. It's better than not trying at all. If you can't live abroad, if you're if you miss home too much, you miss your family, your friends, or you just you you hate it here, go back home. <laughs> or just, go somewhere else. Or go somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for you guys, do you think that you're gonna just stay in Newcastle like for the rest of your visa or do you guys want to go and experience other parts of the uk or of europe or of the world so the reason we're in newcastle is because my husband got a position up here with a brewery called full circle brewery or sorry nice. full circle brew co let me just plug that in there um <laughs> and so we moved up here on a whim just because he got the job we had never been to newcastle before we'd been to the uk all over the place but we'd never been to newcastle so we're like sure why not um and he is absolutely loving it he is in it's like the mothership calling him home working in a brewery so he's he would probably love to stay for a, a while um but who knows things we we always again i hate this phrase or whatever it is i we always live in the now we don't really plan for the future which yeah. isn't our future is not looking that great but no right now everything's looking fine and dandy and uh you know, I think we'll be in Newcastle for a while. I would love to live somewhere else. I'd love to live in Scotland. Um, we're just moving our way up north. Um, <laughs> but if if we stayed in Newcastle for the next couple of years, fine by me. The city is amazing. Yeah, no kidding. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything that you would add, like that I haven't asked you that that you want people to know about? Oh God, put me on the spot. <laughs> it's hard. Um, applying for your visas, it's expensive and it's hard. There's a lot of work into it. It was a, like a two month ruling process of trying to figure out the applications alone. Um, wow. It's not cheap to move abroad. And then when you move abroad, you know, you're, I mean, the pound destroys the Canadian dollar. So it's like you're, you're losing half your money just by being on the pound. So you gotta, you just, as much as I'm like, yeah, do it, YOLO, you only live once, yay. I mean, I think because I'm not 18 anymore, you you, <laughs> you got to be a little cautious. Just just look into it. Don't just jump right into it. Just look into it. Make sure it's for you. It should be for everyone. Everyone should do it. I think it's great. And it's easy to make friends. We've made lots of great friends here. It, it's just not as scary as as a lot of people might make it out to be. It's a lot of fun. I've got a question for you about about making friends because it you know it's almost like I'm I'm also in my 30s now and I'm thinking like if I thank God I'm married because if I had to date again I wouldn't know what to do. Oh but, God, no. But I also think of like like what's your approach to making friends? Is it you know when you go out to a place, you 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 live in a friendly town you walk up to people and, and just try to engage them? Like, is there a strategy behind how you guys go about making friends? Um, as much as I am very outgoing, I can't imagine just walking up to a stranger and be like, let's be friends. Um, <laughs> no, what I do, <laughs> what I do, I, I, I did a, a lot of meetups in Liverpool. I, we lived there for a year and uh, I did a lot of meetups. I went to a bunch until I found people who I really, wanted to be friends with and a lot of the people I met were great but they were more like let's just hang out during a meetup and it wasn't really making a lasting friendship uh, we have two really great couple friends back in Liverpool that we 
oh, I, I miss them a lot and I wish they would move to Newcastle. But <laughs> um, that was, that's how we met, um, just through Meetup. You, you, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of crappy groups on Meetup, <laughs> yeah. but you, you just gotta, if you wanna make friends, that's, it's so hard to make friends as, as an adult. It's so hard, like a, a grown ass adult anyways. Um, I now work in the Stantec office here in Newcastle and I've made, a, made some friends through that. It's, you really gotta put yourself out there. You, it's, I can't imagine being introverted and trying to make friends in a new country. That sounds like a nightmare because it is, it's, it's, it's not that hard, but it's not that simple. You gotta put the work in. Yeah, Meetup is your best friend. <laughs> that's meetup.com, everybody. Yes, your best friend. <laughs> and that's the end of season two, episode nine of Canadians Away. Thanks so much to Carolyn Dixon for sharing her experiences with me. Canadians Away is hosted by me, Adam Rosenhardt, and produced by Julie Elford. Information for today's intro came from heyexplorer.com. You can check out the link in the show description. If you're a Canadian with a story to share about living abroad, email us at info at canadiansaway.ca, and let's keep building this global network of Canadians living abroad. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Canadians Away on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever pods are cast. Follow and like us on both Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Canadians Away. You can find us on Twitter at Canadians Pod. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll hear from another Canadian living abroad in a couple of weeks. Thank you.